With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. As the Nationals are a strike away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to Washington! Deal. Oh, great crossover! Got Just let Fournier! <laughs> hey, that's called getting put on skates. Two down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh, handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans, covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to episode number 102 of the DC Crossover. I am Ben Simpson. That is Mike Cerrone. Glad to have you with us. Please follow the show on Twitter at the DC Crossover for the main show account. And if you want to follow Mike, give him a follow over at, at Cerrone16. Uh, you can download the podcast in a variety of ways, but the way that we always encourage you is the Contender app. That's Contender with a K. Go download it. It's free. Download the app. You can listen to our show and some other shows. And also, I will plug the YouTube as well. The, we have been putting up the full episodes plug on YouTube. <laughs> and uh, you can just search the DC Crossover on YouTube. You should be able to find it. And uh, that way, if you want to see Mike and I's beautiful faces, um, the video, the full video episodes are up there as well. So, Michael, I was curious... So, are you back into a gym routine now? Is this is this the end of uh, is this the end of? I wasn't going to call you Fat Mike, but is this the end of? You know, <laughs> uh, are you starting to try to turn things around a little bit? Well, you know what the funny thing is, is that every single time I start losing weight or anything of that nature, it always kind of goes off the rails because of something sure. happening. So. The first time I lost a bunch of weight or anything like that, I kind of got off. Um, I remember you were really into the lettuce wrap sandwiches. I remember you telling me this. No, 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 no. Not lettuce wrap. I don't do that. No, oh, what was I it? do. Uh, wait, lettuce wrap. No, wait, you used to tell me. Here, here's what I remember. I remember this was like no, three, four years spinach ago. Wrap, spinach, spinach wrap. Spinach wrap. Okay, you used to say, here's what you do. You get a 
piece of chicken or whatever. You, you, and then you get a spinach wrap. You put it in the spinach wrap. You put you know hot sauce or whatever you want on there, some cheese, and then and then that's the, then you're good to go. I remember the Mike Cerrone yeah. uh, spinach wrap tip. That was that well. Was you know a- what the fun. <laughs> Well, you know what the funny thing is, is that I found out that those wraps like literally have no nutritional value. Sure. Like they're just they're just basically putting spinach, like food dye and stuff like that in there. They like, say they have spinach in there because they put like one percent of spinach. Right, I don't right, know. It's right. weird, but it sounds better. Yeah, it sounds. Um, it sounds but, pretty good. Spinach wrap sounds healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not lettuce. I don't like the no. lettuce. I don't like the iceberg. Um, I don't like the Titanic no, iceberg no, lettuce. No, not, a, not so, a Titanic fan for sure. So, um, no, so basically, you know, like I said, the first time I lost a bunch of weight, then I kind of got off of it a little bit, then I gained it all back and whatnot, and then all of a sudden I uh, lost a bunch of weight again. Then COVID hit and the gyms closed, and you know how that was yeah. for a bunch of people. So I kept the weight off for a long, long time, and then all of a sudden I started gaining it back, and because uh, obviously when uh, COVID was happening. Uh, I, I, like I said, I kept it off for a while, but then all of a sudden when I was doing teaching at home, it didn't really give me encouragement to, Hey, go out and actually do something. Like I was just tired of, you know, doing virtual learning and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, so much easier to just hit up Uber eats, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> Drop and, you off and, yeah, a, exactly. a little, uh, Popeye's chicken sandwich, a little uh, right. mashed potatoes and gravy. I mean, it's, it's just all at our fingertips. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, I ended up moving into my new place. I bought a place, and I ended up moving into it. And uh, all of a sudden, I was like, man, I just feel like partying right now. Oh, yeah. And I started going nuts, and I just started, you know, it was stupid. But <laughs> then uh, then I was like, all right, I got to get back on on track here and stuff like that. And I told you that I was going to start the gym this week. Uh, the only problem was is that I forgot that we had to do the podcast today. <laughs> Um, uh, briefly, because I mean, I I remember right, right, right. I had to do the podcast until we talked. Usually, like we do on Monday mornings, and saying, "All right, the format and all yeah. that kind of stuff." And then all of a sudden, I ended up uh, <laughs> saying, "All right, I got to do the gym. I got to do the gym." And then I got in traffic on the way home. And then right when I got home, I only had like maybe I don't know, maybe maybe forty five minutes, and to go all the way over to my complex gym and stuff like that, and get that done. But then all of a sudden, I was like. Man, it's pouring down, raining outside right, at right. that point. And I just said, you know what? <laughs> I'm punting today. I'm punting today. All right, so day one get... is tomorrow. Day one yes, starts yes, tomorrow. Yes. Got it. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm I'm, no, I'm going to start <laughs> eat, eating a lot better. Yeah, yeah. But it it like because I was like basically I didn't have that much time, and I was like I was I, I didn't want to get go to the gym and then have to do all that kind of stuff and try to get going or whatever. So I said I was going to like, yeah, I was basically going to do the old man thing and just walk around the neighborhood a few times, right, right. you know, and keep track. And then I can just walk right in and go, uh, you know, get on the podcast and stuff like that. But the problem was is that, like I said, it was started raining hard and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, well, this sucks. It's throwing me out of my groove. And also I had a headache. Oh, and my neck man. feels, oh, my this neck guy, feels this like guy. A, a lot of excuses. I'm hearing a lot of excuses. I don't think uh, there are. I don't think there David are. Goggins uh, or Joe Rogan or any of those guys would uh, put up with your excuses right now. The motivational speakers. Well, d- my, Gary yeah, v. Yeah, my neck, my neck, my neck feels like a yeah. You know, Jimmy V. Gary V. Gary V. Who's Gary you V? Know, you know who, who Gary, Gary V is. He's everywhere. Gary Vanderchuk. You've seen him. You know uh, the guy. I'd have to, he's, he's not really a fitness guy. He's like a, gym, a finance guy. But you know Gary V. Yeah. Well, and then my, my neck started feeling like a stiff board and stuff like that. And the problem, like I said, the problem with this year is, I think I told you this before, is I want to get back into the gym. And, you know and, Gary V. Back in the, back in the swing. Oh, that oh that you guy. Isn't the money guy or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a motivation And And... Uh, didn't work on and you, apparently. The f- <laughs> yeah apparently not uh i see him every from time to time <laughs> but uh 
it's it's just something that's like you know I look at it and I want to get back into the swing of things, but my schedule, like I told you this year, right. because it's a little when crazy. we started out, yeah, when we started out with like the the mask and all that stuff at school, basically what happened was that they ended up saying, all right, because I work at two schools. Mike's going to be here these days. Let's stack the, the schedule. He won't mind and stuff like that. So now I my I have a literally stacked schedule for, for work both days to the point where it's like I, I, I can't even breathe half a time. And then all of a sudden I'm so exhausted getting home. It just sucks. Right, right. So tomorrow it starts. It, it starts tomorrow. tomorrow. It starts. My advice to those out there, and, and as somebody who also has yo-yoed on the weight side, and hopefully I'm on a good trend, is my advice is pick a couple, find a couple things that are pretty healthy to right. eat but that, that you really like the taste of, and just eat those over and over again. Exactly. Like, that's the best advice I can offer is, like, find a couple things that taste really good and, and but are healthy, and you just eat those. I mean, I eat, like, the same five things every week just because I know that it's healthy and it, and it, will, and, and it won't screw me up too bad. But I will admit, Sunday, I definitely ordered a Popeye's chicken sandwich and had that for lunch. Hey! And it was great. Um, we have a lot to get to, but I did want to mention, so since we are on this network, on The Contender, um, and you may have heard some other shows if you've been listening to us on the app. Um, you know, there's a lot of great personalities, a lot of great shows on on the Contender app. And I wanted to shout out one of the shows on our station, if you will, um, run by John Z, John Zaglul. Uh, you can follow him at John Z Sports. Uh, so he does a show in Chicago, Sports Talk Radio, Chicago, that sort of thing. Um, does a great job. We've heard some of his stuff. And I found out, Mike, that John Z actually was on a recent episode of American Idol. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to play you a little bit of that episode. Multi-talented. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's quite a talent, Mike. And this is, I'm, gonna, I'm playing the clip here from American Idol. I'm just letting you know right now. The Seacrest. Yeah, so John Z goes on American Idol, and uh, as you can hear the music, Ryan Seacrest, you know, I'm not playing Ryan Seacrest talking or anything like that because I don't want to copyright issues, but what we're going to hear now is John Z's rendition of uh, his cover song called Hurting Stars. It's a One Republic uh, parody song. He says it's a parody song. I think it's... I think it's great. I think he's got he's got something here. So we're gonna listen to some of this, and then we'll hear some of the judges' reaction. Okay. Mike. All right. I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit. Thanks. Watch the YouTube for Mike's faces. Yeah, Mike. he'll be hurting stars. <laughs> Classic One Republic. Good beat. Good beat. Yeah, we can't give him credit for that. <laughs> I've seen his life, and I've seen it burn. Screwed the bears at every turn. Her truck is key fields, too. Now he doesn't know what to do. Oh, but he's with King Sheep back with Dandy Reed. Screw and get another team. Gonna hurt my The lyricism is on point, I will say. Whoa! Whoa! I gotta pause it there for a second. Whoa, there, John Z. Let's back that <laughs> up got, a little bit. He got high. Right, on I'm that backing one. that up. Let's hear it again. Wow! <laughs> Hot damn! Ooh, another one, Mike. He's ripping them off. He's ripping them off. 
We'll give him a little bit more time here. So that's uh, Hurting Stars. And... It's got a good ring to it. And Mike, uh, I would like to... From you, I would like to know, as as the rest okay. of the national TV audience here watching American Idol, Mike is one of the judges here on American Idol. I am as well. Um, so, Mike, we're here in the audition stages where they decide whether or not you're able to go to Hollywood, which is the next step where they start narrowing down the field. And I would like to know from you first, is John Z going to Hollywood? I mean, honestly, those high notes—you know—the the pitch needs a little. The pitch needs a little work, sure. but at the same time, you can tell that he, uh, you know, came in and said he is not professionally trained. So, if you see maybe him go out there and get a little advice and tips from Luke Bryan, true, or true. even even Katy, Katy Perry, Perry with her this fireworks. Is, this, is, this this is tailor made for Katy Perry in my eyes. A little pop element, you know, right, a little, right, uh, voice it, it, modulator. Th- okay. Think about it. If he was going on a different show, so if American Idol didn't work out, right. and he went on The Voice. Oh. You know, at, at Adam Levine, if he was, st- if he's still on The Voice, I don't know if he I is. I have no idea. Uh, I don't watch The Voice. I, I, I thought he. I, I think he left. Uh, you know, he could be possibly a coach. You know, something like that. Not Blake Shelton. No. Uh, but definitely uh, Adam Levine or something like that. It's kind of got a Maroon Five vibe. A little to bit it, of Maroon Five vibe. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So, so, so are you I, letting John Z into Hollywood? That's the question, Mike. I'll I'll let him go one more round. He's got to show me something more, though. Okay. Got to show me something more when it comes down to Hollywood auditions. So Mike's letting him into Hollywood. I, myself, am also going to say a big yes. John Z, you're going on to Hollywood. John Z Sports. I I just wanted us to play that song. That's all I really wanted to do, just because Mike (laughs) and I listened to it. John... Shout out to you, man. Uh, that was cool. It was. It was. That's a a fun idea. I mean, we're not trying to. He put some thought. He into put it. thought that's in. That's the thing. thing. Put... I'm not. I'm not. Cl- we're not clowning on the guy. Look, I, I want to be very fair. We're not making fun of him. I just think it's. Uh, anytime you hear a sports radio host do a counting stars parody song, we got to <laughs> talk about. it. I mean, it's on our network, Mike. It's fair game, right? I'll tell you one thing that this past weekend. I had little motivation to do anything close to what he did with <laughs> right, that song. Right, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> hey, John Z, you're through to Hollywood. Great effort. Uh, and Mike and I will not be responding with our own video. I'll tell you that. That's for sure. Uh, let's head into the Rewind Machine. I just wanted to play that song. Uh, <laughs> all right, starting with the Washington football team. By the way, this is our chance to catch you up on the previous week uh, in case you missed some of this stuff along the way. Washington, uh, excuse me, not Washington football team. What am I talking about? They're the commanders now. i got to change the sheet. Uh, we are the commanders. The only little note on them <laughs> is uh, Commanders GM Martin Mayhew acknowledged last week that the franchise – Looking everywhere for quarterback. We kind of knew this was the case, but the franchise actually coming out and stating, yeah, we're looking for a QB. Uh, and it was announced that uh, the commanders did make an offer on Russell Wilson. The Seahawks turned it down. So that's one you can kind of scratch off the list. Um, you got to think other names are clearly on there. Guy like Deshaun Watson, maybe, and some others. Um, so we'll kind of keep an eye on that. But, Mike, the Capitals had a pretty good week, bounce back week. For a team that had been uh, having a lot of trouble, but they uh, they put it together this past week. 
30-18-9 for our Capitals, fourth in the Metro. Monday, they did lose to the Maple Leafs 5-3. That was their sixth loss in a row at home. The Caps are 3-8-1 on home ice in 2022. Last home win came on January 2nd at that time. Ilya Samsonov, honestly, uh, taking the reins when Vitek Vanacek went down early uh, in, I believe it was or late in January or something of that nature, early in February, something of that nature, somewhere in that time frame. He just, he just really couldn't hold on to those reins of the sled and honestly started faltering as of late. He was yanked after the first, allowing three goals on 10 shots. Uh, but the overall got, I mean, overall team, they dominated the game uh, in the team stats, uh, but obviously had seven more giveaways. That's the one team set that they didn't dominate in. Uh, they also scored one power play goal, one shorthanded goal, which was a big deal as well. Uh, so overall, good game against a very premier opponent in the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, with Sam Sonoff in goal. Uh, but obviously that didn't really happen their way and really just didn't didn't go their way in general. And they lost 5-3. to three. On Thursday, they beat Carolina, which is a surprising I mean, drudging of, of Carolina. Carolina is a top three team in the entire NHL. They won 4 nothing. Ovi and Kuzi score on the power play. Ovechkin with his 33rd of the season and 763rd of his career. Not too far behind Yami Yager right now. Uh, Vitek Vanacek came in. Honestly, I should go back to the Maple Leafs game. Came in, saved 16-17, uh, and kept the momentum going uh, with 36 saves in the Carolina defeat. Uh, or the defeat of the Carolina Hurricanes. Nice little shutout for him. Snapped a three-game losing streak. And on Saturday, they kept the motor rolling, winning against the Kraken 5-2. Ovechkin with a goal and two assists, so three points for him. Tom Wilson with a goal and assist, and Connor Sheary with two goals as well, with Vitek Vanacek again going out there and having a nice performance as well, even though one of the goals uh, he basically had to sprawl out to save and ended up going right to the tape of a Seattle Kraken offensive men. Uh, I don't know how I said that. Offensive man. <laughs> he was an offensive uh, man. He said some well, pretty I for, shady things. I forgot who it was, to be honest. But I'm not going to lie. But anyways, the Caps, uh, nice little uh, three-game stretch right now, uh, you know, with a good a good game against the Maple Leafs, even though it came with a loss. They drudged the Carolina Hurricanes, and they soundly defeated the Kraken. So a good week for them. On to the Washington Wizards with a certain unicorn making his debut. Yeah, the Wiz, 29-34, 11th in the Eastern Conference, still kind of hanging around. A possible play-in, I mean, with about 19 games to go, so we'll see how this plays out. Uh, Tuesday beat the Pistons, my Detroit Pistons, 116-113. Uh, Fun stat here, the Wizards have won 14 straight home games against Detroit. Detroit just – this is why I stopped uh -huh. going to the games when Detroit comes in town because I'm not going to see the Pistons win because I just don't win in D.C. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, 21 points, 9 rebounds on the game. He's been the stud for this team uh, of late. And then Friday, losing to the Hawks, 114-17. The Wizards never led in this game, but they did keep it pretty close, and KCP did have a huge game, 28 points in that one. And then Sunday, as you mentioned, Chris Stapps Porzingis made his debut, scored 25 points in about 21 minutes of play. Uh, Wiz win by 10, 133-123. Pick up another win. They go two for, uh, two for three last week in those games, and may have some momentum going we'll see and then last but not least dc united mike beat cincinnati fc one nothing crazy game this was on saturday close game all throughout the first half all mostly throughout the second half in the 80th minute 
Uh, United picks up a red card. I forget who the player was, but it was just it was one of those things. It was a high boot, and they said it was a dangerous situation, and they gave him a red card and kicked him out of the game. And so DC United goes down to 10 men, and they have to play the rest of the way. You kind of think, hey, let's just get a point here. Um, let's uh, try to just hold them off and get a point. And uh, next thing you know, in the 95th or 96th minute, there's a handball in the box for Cincinnati, and uh, Kamara for DC is able to hit the penalty kick. Uh, beautiful one in the left corner there. Uh, go-ahead goal. Gets the dub. Uh, crazy three points to be able to get in that situation. And then back-to-back clean sheets for Bill Hamid as well as goalie. This guy's been playing out of his mind. If you haven't watched any DC United games, I encourage you guys, like we said last week, you should probably start watching because they're fun to watch. And Bill Hamid, local product from Annandale, uh, I mean, he's been lights out. He was on DC United for a while, and then he went away, and now he's back. Um, and then the other note on this one, uh, Luciano Acosta, who, if for those who watched DC United when Wayne Rooney was here, Acosta was on that team. He was on Cincinnati, so it was kind of fun to see him play. But, yeah, Mike, crazy game. Crazy game. Yeah. You got to love getting another three points to start the year. Back-to-back wins. Well, the funny thing is, is that I took DC United thinking that I was like, man, FC Cincinnati, Cincinnati FC, whatever the and hell they are. And they've been bad. FC Cincinnati's bad. Like, they're not uh, they, good they, team. They've been like, I think, the, think they've been They won like three the games bottom. last year or something. Like, something crazy. Yeah. Though. Yeah. So, so they're not a good no. team. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make my own spread. I'm just going to go, you know, with an alternate line. I, I did minus one and a half. I thought DC United would win by two. And then all of a sudden, I was out when you were texting me about the game. And I was like... Well, lost that one. Right, right, uh, right. So that was unfortunate. But uh, overall, it's definitely a good win somehow to come out with a W in the uh, extra time with uh, only 10 men on the, on the field. Yeah, here. a wild one there. And, uh, again, encourage you guys to check out DC United. If you're looking for another sport to watch, MLS can be pretty fun. And uh, it's only like once a week, too. So that, that usually works out. All right, we're going to get into some hockey talk. The Washington Capitals. I know we haven't spent a ton of time on the Caps recently, but it's one of those things where it's a long season. We can't just have conversations about them every single week because sometimes there's just not that much to talk about. Um, but there's a lot. To- well, they had the All Star. They, they had the All Star break, break, and too. also, yeah, they, they only had like two games after. Yeah, the not break, a lot so to discuss like, at yeah. the time. But now we are at this point where we do have a decent amount to talk about. I mean, especially because this team. It's kind of dropped off a little bit. Now they're starting to regain some, uh, you know, some momentum. That's what the hope is. They have fallen down to the second wild card spot with about 25 games to go. Uh, and this was a team that at one point was, you know, at, at, towards the top of the league early on in the year. Um, so, you know, but one of the one of the big storylines here, Mike, that you, you wanted to highlight is the play of Vitek Vanacek. Uh, coming back from injury, the goaltender position has been kind of up in the air for this team throughout the year. And we talked about it, I feel like, at the beginning of the season where we said someone's got to establish themselves as the number one guy in net, especially heading into the postseason and things like that. Um, and so the battle had been, is it Vanacek? Is it Samsonov? Is it freaking Phoenix Copley? Like, you know, who who is going to be able right. to step up? And at least lately, it seems like Vitek Vanacek has started to put himself in that role. I mean, that's that's what it looks like to me. Right, and just to go back to one quick thing that you mentioned about them being high up in the standings early on, obviously some people don't realize of how big of a tear Alex Ovechkin was oh, yeah. on. I mean, he was scoring like first... every night, at some, or at yeah, least it getting was a like, point every night. Yeah, exactly. So they're they're you know what 
52 games in or something of this nature, uh, something, something close to that, um, or 55 games in, I should say. 57. Or, wait, 57, 57 yeah. games. Okay. I was Here's going, for some reason, I was going the opposite <laughs> direction. Uh, so literally for the first like 35 games or so, he was on a tear. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, people started keying in on him a little bit more. He had too much time, time on the ice because – Oshie was hurt for a little bit. Backstrom wasn't there for a while. Anthony Mantha was down. So when you're having top two uh, line guys go out, Lars Eller, you know, they had guys that were on the COVID list. Lars Eller was out for a little bit. Back and forth, Ovechkin was, I think he got worn out. And now all of a sudden you're seeing these guys come back where they had these little skids here and there. It was a little bit of a roller coaster I mentioned a couple weeks ago where all of a sudden they were going – uh, you know, high on the roller coaster where they were scoring four or five goals a game, and then all of a sudden they had two or three games where the goalie play wasn't there, or they just didn't have enough guys on the ice. They had guys that we've never heard of from the AHL and different things of that nature. So honestly, I do see them obviously at the second wild card spot, but is it really going to matter when it comes down to a playoff series? Because you're looking at a team like Carolina, and yes, it was only one game, and you know, I just it's it's not going to matter for just one game because say Carolina was you know overlooking the Caps when you're when you're playing a playoff series, you're not going to overlook a team. Right. So I just think that when I watch the highlights uh, back and also some of the game for the most part against Carolina, I think that if you play a team like Carolina, you know, I would prefer Carolina over Tampa Bay um, per se, but. If you play a team like Carolina, I think that it's going to be a great series because our team, I think, I believe, uh, can keep up with them. But at the same time, you know, you just got to look at a game that was played against Carolina and say, all right, you know, just pump the brakes a little bit. Yes, we're in the second wild card spot, but we can still come out with a good series and against them. And the NHL, you know, compared to some of these other sports, is 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 really the one sport where I'd say the seedings and, and, and who's playing who – doesn't necessarily right. matter. I mean, it matters, but I think you see in the NHL those kind of like, you know, uh, s- lower seed beating the higher seed type scenarios a lot more than you do. Like, like for example, in the NBA, when it's the you know the Bucks playing the Pistons or the Pacers or somebody down towards the bottom at like the eight seed or something like that, you you really don't have any faith <laughs> that that an upset's going to happen. And in the NHL, it's a little different. So the Caps could come in with that second wild card spot and technically be the the bottom postseason team and could easily go have a run. I mean, if your goalie gets hot and you have the playoff experience and all that sort of stuff, anything can happen in the NHL is my point. So you're right. I mean, it's a little disappointing if the team does enter in the playoffs as a wild card when this team seemingly looked like they had potential to uh, be a little bit higher. But just get in. Just get into the playoffs and right, anything right. can happen. And that's 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 the exciting thing about the NHL, I feel like. Yeah, and to go along with that point that you just made about, you know, anything can happen when it comes to the playoffs, you're looking at some of these teams that have high caliber players yeah. uh that are right now technically in the playoffs for the for the Eastern Conference. And what we're talking about, we're talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're only eight points up on us with the same amount of games. Okay, they could lose two in a row. We could win two in a row. Then all of a sudden things start to change, uh, you know. And obviously you still have some more head-to-head matches. So easily you're looking at this team as being one of the contenders. I would say for the Eastern Conference title, um, are they more of a contender than they were in years past? Probably not. Uh, but they still have high-caliber players that, like I said before. 
were on the injured list or COVID or something of that nature. You know, you got Anthony Mantha back in the yeah. lineup now. Nick Backstrom, you know, Tom Wilson, TJ Oshie. You got guys that you can list off. And also that, you know, formidable, you know, fourth, th- third, late third, early fourth line kind of guys. Uh, you know, when I say early and late, that means basically, you know, fringe third liners, fourth liners, right. stuff like that. Like like a Connor Sheary and stuff like that uh, who can go out there and they can score some goals. Ferravari. <laughs> I always like that. Hey, guy. I love. Yeah. I I love Martin Fairbairn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's, he's a great young young talent. I, no, I, I can't he, he wait to see like him more. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. He's yeah, yeah. I like his name too. But I just think that you're looking at like I said, you got the Rangers. You know, we we beat them bad early on in the season. They just beat us bad recently. So you're just looking. It's a it's a game of ebbs and flows. So the overall, I mean. Look at our team as well. I mean, our team has had overtime losses. We have nine overtime losses compared to other people. That's an extra point that we could have had. So you're looking at it. We have nine. And then you go back to the Pittsburgh Penguins situation. They have nine as well. So these two teams, I always say the Pens and the Caps because they're always two of the top teams. And we're going off a little side note here from Vanacek. We'll get back to that in a second. But I just think that people need to pump the brakes a little bit because everyone's saying, oh, are we going to worry about the Caps? Like, okay, you look at the Jackets and the Red Wings, your Red Wings, okay, that are right below the Caps and the standings and the wildcard standings, and the goal differential between those three oh, teams yeah. is astronomical. Yeah, oh, 100%. I mean, the, the Caps are plus 27 in the goal differential, but then you have minus 40 for the Red Wings. Yeah, yeah. And that's because, okay, if you win a, a winner game or two that are really close, say the Red Wings. doesn't help that yeah, the Red Wings win. had you, that, what, 17-14 game or whatever it was not too long, or 10-7, whatever it was not too long ago where it was yeah. insane. Yeah, no, I, I know help, what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. And I do agree that the worry the, the worry would be if the Caps looked like they were falling out of the playoffs entirely. And that's when we could start hitting right. the panic button. It doesn't appear well, that they did. Well, they did have some bad games where they lost to Ottawa, sure. they lost to Philly and stuff like that. But the biggest thing is that they they they, they kick the ass of the Hurricanes, and then all of a sudden you go back and you see them play uh, the um the the Maple Leafs, and they basically outplayed them. They had more hits, they won the same amount of faceoffs, they had more shots on goal, all that kind of stuff. And you're just looking at it and saying, pump the brakes a little bit, just get in like you said, and we'll see what happens. Because again. We're not looking at a, a one seed in the playoffs here, right? Okay. Typically, when we're we're a one seed, everyone's like, "Oh, pencil the caps in for the Eastern Conference Finals," you know, <laughs> stuff like that. We're we're not gonna, we're going to go into this kind of loosey goosey, and hopefully, we're all healthy and stuff like that, and see what happens. But going along with what you mentioned earlier, uh, briefly, is I want to talk about Vitek yeah, Vanacek because of the sole fact that. He has been on a tear. And the funny thing is, is everyone really kind of forgot about him because he's not like a premier goalie or he hasn't he's not a huge high flying name or anything like that. Plus, I think he also lost a lot of luster when he got hurt early in the first game last year in the playoffs because that's when all the eyes are on him. Yeah. That's when you can make a name for yourself. And that's the thing is, you look la- look at his last six games. Obviously, he was hurt. So, when you look at him and his injury uh, against Pittsburgh, you know, that was in the first six minutes, okay? So, I still said he started that game, but... I didn't take into his record in the last six games that he had played in. Five of them he started. He's three and one. Okay. I gave him a loss, uh, or I didn't give him a loss for Pittsburgh because the game was still tied after that when he left. And I didn't really think he should get a loss for six minutes. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, that would be unfair. That's a tenth of a game. So then I also didn't give him a loss for the Toronto. I don't know why the stats give them losses. Like he came in after they were already down. Yeah, you can't. Uh, You know, so. Yeah, that that was stupid. So three and one basically in his last six games by my calculation, ninety six five 
save Solid. percentage, which is which is amazing. Solid. Two shutouts in uh, against Dallas and Carolina. Dallas is a playoff team. Carolina is one of the top three teams in the NHL, as I mentioned before. So you're looking at his last six games saying recency effect. Elias Samsonov, really, like I said earlier, couldn't hold on to the reins and ended up giving it away to VTech. When he came back in, the last three games have been astronomically better than what he had in those few slump games where he let three and four goals here and there uh, go in. Now you're looking at, yes, he did play a lot less games. He played 27 games so far, uh, different from Tristan Jari and different guys like that. But you're looking at top nine in save percentage at 9-2-1. He's top six in goals against at 2-2-5. I mean, overall, yes, he's played less games, but the stats are still there. 27 games is still a decent sample size. That's half the season. Yeah. So, yes, half the season, but he did miss a ton of games when it comes to injury. And then when he started playing bad, you know, Ilya came in and different things like that. But I just think that overall he needs to get props. And I think that they need to ride the hot hand like we have in the past when obviously Grubauer was hot and Holtby was was cold. They they rode Grubauer into the playoffs. Then he sucked. And then Braden Holtby came in there <laughs> and hero. just shut everything yeah. down. So that's the thing. I just think that VTech, uh, you know, needs to kind of use these last because he obviously is just coming back from injury. Use these last twenty five games. You know, he's probably not going to play all twenty five. Maybe he'll play who who knows? Maybe seventeen. Yeah, I was thinking eighteen. Games, something like yeah. that. Something of that nature. Go out there and then start him the last ten games of the season. Okay, start him the last ten games of the season. Get him hot. Get him going. Make him stand on his head because that's what you're going to need in this playoff series against a Carolina or a Tampa Bay because those yeah. are two great offenses. So I just think that right now he should be getting props because so far, I mean, two shutout. He has three total shutouts this season, which is uh, I think top six in the league. I mean, this, the stats don't lie. And everyone was saying, "Oh, he sucks, man. This guy's this guy is terrible." You know, and we even said it on the yeah, show here that sure. Ilya Samsonov should be the number one goalie because he was playing so well and VTech was struggling. But you're looking at his last six games that he's played in, dating back to before his injury. I mean, the stats don't lie. Nine six five save That's percentage. Crazy. That's Those pretty damn crazy good. numbers. Crazy numbers. So yeah, I think you're right. I think the key is. If he's going to be the hot hand heading into the playoffs, you got to get him hot towards the end of the year. You got to give him plenty of of run, and then hopefully, anything can happen. Anything can happen in the NHL in these playoff series, especially if you have a high goaltender with you. Um, so you know, still have a couple months left of the season here. Still have plenty of opportunities to see what's going to happen. Uh, moving on from the NHL, we're going to touch briefly on some Wizards. The Washington Wizards. So, of course, we obviously have to talk about the debut of Chris Saps Porzingis, an impressive debut. Um, obviously, this was his first game since the trade. We kind of knew it was going to take a while for him to get on the court because he was still recovering from injuries and things like that. Um, well, he finally got his chance against Indiana at home and had a pretty solid line. So 25 points, five rebounds. He was 7 for 12 from the field. 8 for 10 from the free throw stripe and 3 for 4 from beyond the arc. He had a couple blocks as well. Um, so uh, all of that in 21 minutes of play. So I think, and you know, yes, it's just one game and we're not going to necessarily overreact too much, but I did think that game was a great indication and representation of what Chris Porzingis brings to the table as far as a big man that can shoot threes, a guy that can run pick and rolls, a guy that can get to the free throw line, even though historically he hasn't been that great at getting the free throw line, but he got to there 10 times against Indiana. Um, so that's what makes you think where 
all right, if this team can keep Kyle Kuzma around for a while and keep Chris Tepps Porzingis around for a while, and then if they're able to somehow pull keeping Beal here, then you suddenly have a three-headed monster that's pretty interesting from a scoring standpoint with Kuz, with uh, with Chris Tapps, and with Bradley Beal. I mean, is that good enough to get you a top five seed in the Eastern Conference? I think so, especially, obviously, you have to surround it with some other pieces. You need a really good point guard. Hopefully, they can get something in the draft, that sort of stuff. There's still work to be done, but it just kind of confirmed that, man, I mean, Chris Porzingis is a damn good basketball player, you know? Like, he, when he's healthy, when he's healthy, uh, he brings a lot to the table, and I just think it maybe gives Bradley Beal another look. Uh, maybe he considers, like, man, this guy actually is kind of a baller. Obviously, Kuzma's been balling out, too, since I've been gone. Do I maybe I want to resign with the Wizards? I don't know. It was just something I was thinking about the other day, Mike. You know what? I'm gonna run this by you and see what you think about this. So I was talking to uh, my co-teacher uh, today about uh, KP, and he didn't really realize that he actually started the game, uh, you know, or even played in the game. So my co-teacher is six five. You know, he played in college, stuff like that, and we were talking about it, and I ran this by him, and he kind of liked the idea. Now, he said the same thing as you, where, you know, he has to stay healthy and all that kind of stuff. Now, does this really keep him that much more healthy than if he if he did the latter? We'll, we'll talk about it here. So, say KP goes out there. And the problem is that we're, we have KCP and KP. I'm right. going to get them mixed up all the time. Uh, even though I know and who they Kyle are. Kyle Kuzma um, starts with the K also. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Damn, damn Ks. <laughs> um, so... Uh, Think about this, okay? If 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 Kristaps Porzingis goes out there and he is limited to under 30 minutes, whether that be 25, 27, whatever it may be. Now, 21, obviously, he makes his debut and coming out of injury and stuff like that. So they're they're easing him back in or whatnot. Think about this. If If he averages just 25 points, now I understand that's like half a game. But you're looking at guys like Daniel Gafford that can come in there and spell some minutes, okay? Or you could have, you know, somehow Rui play the five or something that goes small or whatever you want to do. If you have Chris Stapps go in there and maybe start the game, play, you know, half the quarter for each quarter or something like that, or maybe seven minutes each quarter, I mean, that keeps him a little bit more, you know, not warmed up, but it keeps him in the game, in the flow of the game and different things like that. I just think that if possibly we keep him healthier like that or we limit his minutes because, you know, tall, long legs, that hardly ever works. I mean, Yao Ming got injured all the time. You know, uh, Manute Bowl, he got injured every now and then. Bowl Bowl gets injured all the time. Greg Oden gets injured all the time. Those taller guys get injured a lot more. And Chris Stapps, I think if you limit him possibly to like 25 to 28 minutes, somewhere in there, don't get him up there in the high minute range where he's right. getting gas all the time. We have other centers that can do work. Yeah, they don't have the skill level that he does, but I think that could be a possibility. Now, I just thought about this literally on the fly because obviously you're looking at 21 minutes and he was excelling in those 21 minutes with 25 points and five boards and he got to the free throw line, all that kind of stuff. What do you think about possibly limiting his minutes to keep him healthier, keep him more refreshed, and also you know give – uh, Bradley Beal break during those times every now and then or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So especially with Beal being out the rest of this year, I think for the Wizards, you're you're really playing for next year. Like that's what you're 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 doing. Well, that's what I meant for next yeah, year. I meant for, for next ne- year. So, so for next year having limited minutes. Yeah, I mean I think the 
the big thing is going to be, so this team is going to have Daniel Gafford. He's locked down for a couple more years. So you do definitely have him as an option to, because um, you're not likely going to see them on the court at the same time. You didn't see it last night or, or whenever they played. Um, you're likely not going to see that. It's, it's usually going to be a Kuzma, Porzingis kind of starting lineup there as the bigs. And then you're going to have Gafford get some time next year. Um, Denny occasionally, I mean, probably not at the center position, but you know what? This team will likely bring in another center because Thomas Bryant's going to be gone. Um, so, you know, I think you still, if he could still give us 28 minutes or so of solid playing time, especially maybe at the start of the year, you ease him in for sure and then maybe reevaluate at the All Star break. But if, if he's giving you 20 to 25 points a game with limited minutes, it's like, I, I I think that could be enough, you know, like without risking injury and that sort of thing. So I'm not totally against the idea at all. I think the big thing is going to be who else the Wizards bring in. Who else does Tommy bring in as like the third string center or, you know, that sort of thing. Like who else can kind of – because Rui doesn't quite fit the center role. He's definitely more of a forward. So is Denny. Right. Um, so they really need another center, especially with Thomas Bryant gone. So it's interesting. It's an interesting thought. I'm not against it at all. I'm not because, because yeah. you, th- you when you think about you know when he was with the Mavs, when he was with the Knicks, and all this, like they, I think that's why the Mavs now are excelling because they had to think about oh Porzingis needs his minutes and stuff like that. If you have him go out there, yes, he's making a ton of money. We'll put it that way. Let's put it out there. If he's making that much money, yes, you need to have him play as much as possible. But I think if you limit his minutes. And actually have him go out there and play lights out. Now, obviously, he's going to have bad nights. But if you go have, you know, you know, full energy, high energy, where he's going out there and he's playing his best, where he doesn't have to play 10 minutes a quarter or whatever it may be. Go out there, get your get, get your 20 and 7 or 20 and 8, maybe make two or three three-pointers or something like that, and then get to the line every now and then. Do something like that. Like, I would love just to have a 20 and 7 center to go out there and and make a few three pointers, stretch the floor a little bit on the outsides, and then obviously clears out the center, and you have Bradley Beal who can go to the line and get to and, and you know drive and dish or whatever it may be. And I I just think that you need to keep him healthy. Yeah, and that's sure. the thing. I think I think having a limited minute restriction, keeping him healthy and making him play more games is more beneficial for that contract rather than having him go out there for say. What what forty five games out of the eighty two and have have the rest be hurt right. or whatever it may be. I think that if you get him to go out there and play seventy games at a limited minutes restriction, averaging twenty one and seven, I think that's more beneficial for the team because then you can lean on him more to go out there and you know use that star power, uh, you know, to our advantage and get those points on a nightly basis. Yeah, and you can still give him plenty of time. I mean. His last All-Star year, the 2017-2018 season with the Knicks when he was 22, he averaged about 32 minutes a game. Um, And he was putting up uh, right around 23 points and about 6.5 rebounds. So solid numbers for a Wizards team that doesn't really have those types of guys. Um, So, yeah, I think the 28 to 30-minute type range, I think, could work nicely for him and for the team and could definitely, I think, be enough where he can have an impact and you play him down the stretch if you want and that sort of thing. Um, and could, like you said, hopefully save him 
And then once you get to the playoffs, then all bets are off. So I think it's one of those things where if you start the year like that and then reevaluate the All-Star break, I think I think you could totally make it happen um, because you do want them ramped up fully by the time playoffs roll around if this team is a playoff right, team. Right, right, But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not totally against that idea at all. Because also think about this situation, too, is that this roster as it's constructed right now, yes, are we going to make a free agent move this year, next year, whatever the yeah, heck it we'll may see. be? Yes. Okay. But you're looking at this roster and saying, Kuzma, he's young. Rui's young. Denny's young. Daniel Gafford, I'm pretty sure Daniel Gafford's only like 27. He's pretty young, yeah. Okay, yeah. You got all these guys that are in their mid to late 20s to the point where why are you going to say, oh, hey, Chris Dath, we need you out there running wind sprints, man. You need to be Usain Bolt out there and, and tear down your legs. These guys can go out there and do some work. Yeah, we don't need him. Yes, he's a center, and you would hope that a Jokic or, you know, uh, uh, who am I thinking of? Um uh, you know, Jeff Jerkic, and who's the other guy for the? Uh, well, there's Vucevic, uh, there's uh, Jokic, there's of... Nurkic, there's you know. <laughs> who is who? Who is the guy I'm thinking of, man? Oh my gosh! Um, for the um, he oh, R- Gobert, Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I was like, who am I thinking of? The guy who gets double double the whole time. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know, Rudy Gobert. We don't need him to be Rudy Gobert. Right. We don't need him to go out there and get. 15 rebounds a game. We want him to be scoring points. Rudy Gobert doesn't score that many points, okay? But he doesn't have the offensive style like Kristaps Porzingis does. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I, I just hope that they manage him right and then see what they can do next year. Maybe we squeak into the playoffs. Who knows? But I think that this is going to be something that uh, Wes Unsell has to, has to realize, too, because Wes Unsell is a defensive coach, too. Supposedly. Chris Tapps ain't the best defensive player, yeah, yeah, supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so I, I don't know. It's 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 a fun thought. Uh, yeah. it, it just came to my I, mind. No, I, I I'm talk with you. It. I'm with you on this. I I I'm tracking. I think for me, it's tracking. one of those things where if they are able to re-sign Bradley Beal, who which I'm not 100 percent in favor of, but if they did, and you have Chris a healthy Chris Tapps, Porzingis, a healthy Kyle Kuzma, a healthy Bradley Beal, my opinion is this this could actually be a legit go all in type playoff team. But I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, before we move on to the final lap, I did want to just quickly touch on the Spencer Dinwiddie issue that's gone on. So ever since Spencer Dinwiddie was traded to the Mavs, and even while he was still here in D.C., there were a lot of questions around uh, his leadership abilities. Supposedly he was uh, one of those guys that would try to get guys fired up in the locker room or take a leadership role in the locker room, and nobody really took him seriously. Nobody really respected him. Um, he didn't. There were some rifts. Uh, with Spencer Dinwiddie and and the supposedly in in the locker room, and then one of the interesting things was after he got traded to the Mavs and he actually had a couple nice games. Um, he was asked about the Wizards, uh, his role in the Wizards, and and he had these this to say. He said, "When the role changed and they wanted me to pass more, they felt like I was scoring a lot. I did that. I took my foot off the gas scoring wise because that's what they felt. The team needed Kuzma and KCP and those guys shots. I said, look, I already got paid. This is about y'all trying to get the shots that y'all need." Whatever. So basically, he's trying to say that his his poor performance for the Wizards, especially you know uh, his, the last month or whatever it was before the trade deadline, uh, he's trying to kind of put it off on uh, management and saying like you know that they that they I took my foot off the gas pedal because they asked me to and I wanted to get other guys shots and all sort of stuff. Uh, and then the interesting thing, the drama about it is. Unseld was asked about it. Kuzma was asked about it. And then looking back at other you know, post-game stories from different games and things like that, 
all the talk when Dinwiddie was here was about him being more aggressive, and that's what the coaching staff wanted. All they would say is, we we got to get Spencer to be more aggressive. That's all Kuzma would say. we got to get him to be more aggressive. So this isn't a huge deal, and people aren't going to care about this in a couple months, but especially local Wizards Twitter and things like that, it kind of pisses you off a little bit to have a guy who leaves your team after he stunk it up for half a season, um, who you gave a full chance to perform, and he just was terrible, uh, kind of go back and blame it on everybody else. I just don't like that, Mike. It leaves a weird taste in my mouth. And I was a Dinwiddie guy when he was in Brooklyn. I always respected him, uh, former Detroit right. Piston draft pick as well. Hey. Um, so I don't know. My, I mean, I'm not asking us to get really pissed off about this, but... I think it. I think it leaves a sour taste in your mouth when a guy leaves your franchise after playing half a season, and he's criticizing your coaching decisions, and he's criticizing your other players. Mike, I just don't think it's the right move. So honestly, when you're looking at a quote like this, it's more so him trying to save face, sure, because of the sole fact that he has been on now three teams in a matter of a year and a half. Yeah, it's the same thing as Russell Westbrook. Okay. Russ is getting so much criticism and all that kind of stuff because the Lakers somehow just just you know forgot that oh our chemistry is good you know <laughs> we took we beat the Suns down in game and who told three you last this? Who, year and I know you you agreed with me but who told you this when the trade went down who said that the Lakers with Russ would not work I said it from the beginning it would not work the spacing was not there it was not going to be a good trade. We talked about it on the show, and and we're, we right. were right. We were right. Right as a song, John Z. Right as a song. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the funny thing, too, is you're looking, just as you just said, that's why he was so dominant when he was the guy in OKC. That's why he was getting triple-doubles almost every single night because he didn't have that secondary guy there to actually take some shots away from him or somehow clash with their playing styles. You're looking at him and Harden, in Houston, everyone's like, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. And then all of a sudden, it didn't didn't work out. And he came to the Wizards. You had Bradley Beal there. It didn't work out. So then all of a sudden, now you're seeing him go to the Lakers. You got LeBron there. Doesn't work out. So it's like you're seeing him now. And I heard a quote from him uh, from a reporter saying, the reporter said, what did you come in to expect for this season for the Lakers? Because they're not performing well. <laughs> they're getting boat raced by the Pelicans yeah. at home. So let's. Uh, so the reporter said, what did you come in to expect this year? He's like, I didn't come in with any expect. You didn't come in with any expectations, yeah, really. So I go into stupid. every single day expecting right, something. Right, right. So it's like you're you're gonna have, you're gonna go into your job with a top three player of all time in LeBron James. Okay, I'm not gonna say he's the top. Obviously, I'm an MJ guy, but I'm not gonna say that he's better than you know everybody else. But anyway, that's, that's, that's a whole other episode. Yeah, but top three player of all sure, time in LeBron James. AD is on that team. He's one of the top players in the league. And you're going to go in there and say, you don't have any expectations yeah. for the season? It's because you're getting criticism because that team was playing so well. They had such great cohesiveness. They won a title. AD, yeah, oh, yeah. They won a title two years ago. They were, they were taking the Suns to game six or whatever this year, but obviously, or excuse me, last year, when AD got hurt. And it's like you're looking at it saying, this team is getting boat race at home by the Pelicans, yeah. the Zionless Pelicans. Yeah. I mean, My it's just hilarious Zion. because yeah, Fat Zion, and that, it's just funny because that's why I'm comparing Russ and Spencer Dinwiddie to each other right now because he's trying to save face, saying like, you know what, I'm not the cancer in this locker room. 
I'm I'm just telling you how it is, and you know they told me this, right. but then all of a sudden you're seeing all these comments come from the coach, come from other players saying this is not the game plan. What he's saying, yeah. he's just bold. What are you talking right about? What are you talking about, Spence? Yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird, and now this creates some animosity towards Dinwiddie when he maybe comes back to play in D.C. So I don't know. We'll see. But I wanted to bring that up because it has been uh, a topic of note this past right. week here in D.C. Let's hit up the final lap, a chance to give some quick analysis on some bigger stories in sports. 90 seconds on the clock. Here we go. The MLB lockout, Mike, continues on. The latest discussion, things about banning shifts, about pitching clocks, all this sort of stuff. Bottom line is we just got to get this uh, baseball back. That's what we need, Mike. I just don't understand how all these rules and different things are so hard to decide. <laughs> like, everyone's been saying about, you know, banning or getting the game to go faster right, right. and stuff like that. Just figure it out. Get, <laughs> get Mike that in hard. the boardroom, people. He'll help. I'm there. This. Coach K had his final home game at Duke end in a loss to UNC. You got to love the crying Duke fans in the stands after a loss like that. <laughs> Oh, it's the best thing in the world, man. Just, I mean, I'm not a huge Duke guy at all, but losing to your arch rival in your own building in your legendary coach's last game Yikes. there, it's it's, it's, a, it's a great feeling. Baylor cornerback Kalen Barnes ran the second fastest 40 time at the Combine ever at 4-2-3, Mike. What, what would be your 40 time right now? 15? Uh, <laughs> 40 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, 40 seconds. Uh, Brittany Griner detained. This news came out a couple days ago that Brittany Griner apparently has been in Russia, like jail, for the last like three weeks. Kind of a wild concept, Mike. It's been three weeks or so, and we're just hearing about this now. It's wild. I'm trying to figure out how in the world she got to Russia. Was she playing in yeah, the Russian international league? basketball? Yeah, yeah. Because, but, but I don't understand why, if she was playing in the Russian league, wouldn't you think that, oh, they're about to invade somebody. Maybe I should get I, out of here. You're not the first person to bring that up. I've actually had that conversation with some of my folks, too. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. Wild situation. And then last but not least, this news actually broke today. Calvin Ridley uh, likely suspended for their all of 2022 season uh, due to some gambling uh, allegations that were uncovered Uh before the show even started. We started seeing things on Twitter. I was reading stuff about... Um, Actually, I screenshot the tweet so I could read it. Um, so this was from Adam Schefter. So an NFL determined that Calvin Ridley placed multi-legged parlay bets involving three, five, and eight games that included the Falcons to win uh, per source. Invest investigation determined there was no involvement from any team players, coaches, etc., uh, and they were all placed on his mobile device outside of the state. Uh, so... Basically, he was playing some parlays, just like Mike and I do every NFL Sunday. He had the Falcons uh, in the mix as well. So supposedly, he always bet on them to win, which he kind of liked that. But, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where these players kind of know you can't do this. And I don't have that much sympathy when you're told you can't go bet on these games, and then you go bet on the games and get caught. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure a lot of guys bet on these games secretly. I'm sure it's not even really that much of a secret. But if you get caught, you get caught, Mike. And normally I would kind of side with the players on this, but it's like, hey, man, if they tell you don't bet, on, you're not allowed to do this, then just don't do it, and you don't cost yourself a, a year in the NFL, you know? Right, and that's the thing about – I think a year is a very severe punishment. It is a wild um, – punishment i will admit to that I, I agree with you on that i mean ray rice got like, two could, games so right i could see a suspension but i don't see a suspension that so, oh you bet on your team to win okay let's let's go out i understand that they're saying like okay he 
it could have been plugged in and whoever, whatever game it was yeah, or whatever. I get he why he it's a problem. Yeah. Like he could have said, like j- just for hypothetical reasons, like, hey, hey Devonte, you gonna play today? Nah, man, I don't, I don't think, I, I think I'm out today. Right, or Aaron right. Rodgers, you you playing today? Like, I, I just think that it's kind of similar to the Pete Rose thing. And again, that's a conversation for another right. day. But you're you're looking at it, and if you bet on your team to win, now I understand that's kind of hard to follow, yeah. uh, you know, if, if you're you know the league or whatever. But I mean, you're betting on your team to win. Yeah, I understand. Like it kind of goes both ways, where it's not point shaving or anything like that, where you're sa- sitting there and you're saying. All right, you know, I I, I want to you know get this over under underneath this, so I'm gonna take the last couple of shots and I'm gonna airball them or something like that. So it's like I understand that situation, and I know it goes the opposite way. Like he could have intel on the other team because he's buddies with them or something like that. But I just think that gambling happens all the time, like you said, because he could easily you know gone to his his buddy you know rick yeah or something give like them that. money yeah. say, go bet on the foul do this parlay for me and then give me the winnings i mean yeah he could have easily yeah. done all that and probably not gotten caught at all yeah yeah and i just think that like I you said it's stupid it, 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 i think you just it's a, it's a it's a rule follow the rule yeah. but at the same time i still think that's kind of the one of those rules that's like you know it can go both and it's ways everywhere. you know it, you know the yeah, sports betting exactly. stuff it's just everywhere i mean if this was 10 years ago yeah i get it you're calling some bookie in the back alley or you're using some f- russian website to like place your bets or whatever um you know i get that but like nowadays it's like i mean it's it's everywhere we're getting during an nfl game you're getting you know 10 draftkings or whoever commercials Every quarter. I mean, you're getting so you're bombarded with it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I with you where it's like I think it's a stupid like suspension. I think that's a crazy suspension for the yeah. guy. I think you fine him, um, give him a game or two, but the whole season seems nuts to me. That seems like a very weird overstep, and that goes back to what this league tends to do and Goodell just hands out these weird punishments that don't make any sense. <laughs> so like, yeah, I'm I, I'm totally fine with him getting in trouble. But yeah, a season just seems nuts. I don't know. It's it's just it's just one of those situations that, like I said, the rule can be interpreted different ways. Like I said, for different different situations. Like I said, if he was betting against the Falcons, that's a different story because then that means he's inside right, the right, building. Right. He knows yeah, this, knows problem. that. But betting, betting on them to win, I think, should be a lot looser of a punishment. Yeah, I, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. But yeah, that broke. So we'll see how kind of that story moves on. Uh, before we end up the show, we'll, we will touch on a quick trivia round here. Um, Mike's trivia corner, if you will. Uh, Mike brings a DC sports trivia question to the table. I bring a Detroit sports trivia question to the table, and we see what happens. Michael, I think I'll let you go first this week. Aha! I will go first. <laughs> trying to uh, trying to reword this because you might get it pretty easy. Sure, sure. It is a national. Oh, question. I love my nationals. Okay, so I will say this: What shortstop represented the Nationals prior to 2010 in an MLB All Star game? Jesus. Prior to 2010. So that only has five years. Okay. Or five years of leeway, yeah. I should say. Okay, so I feel like the only guy... I feel like there's only one guy it could be. Because I... But, man, like, was he good enough to be on the freaking All-Star team? This might have been one of those random years where it was like... Since every team has to have at least one All-Star representative... The funny thing is, like, 
like the Tigers who've been bad forever, it's always like a reliever, like a guy, like a random reliever <laughs> who's doing okay. They'll right, save the All Star right. game. I feel like this possibly could be that situation, but um, I think the only possible guy, I just don't, I just did not think he was good enough to be an All Star. But I feel like it's got to be Ian Desmond because, like, shortstop wise, it's like, <laughs> what other options are there? So I'm gonna go Ian Desmond for sure. Incorrect. Oh my God, who is it? Because. I'll read the question now, so you, uh, the real question. What shortstop represented the Nationals in the 2008 MLB All-Star game? That doesn't really help you. No. But but Ian Desmond, I don't think, was on the team no. until, like, yeah. 2011. Oh, I think, uh, and I think he was an All-Star in, like, 2010. Okay, so, yeah, I, I messed up the dates. Uh, I don't even know who the shortstop would have been in 2008. Was it, like... Ronnie Belliard? I don't know. I don't know who was on the team at that point. Yeah. He he is a he is a, a man of faith. That's a hint. He's a man of faith. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> is it like his last name's like the Pope? I don't know. What, what's his? What's uh? What's who is it? Just to tell me who it is. Christian Guzman. Oh, Guzman. Wow. God. Yeah. Wasn't he a switch hitter <laughs> too? I think. I think, I think so. so, man. But represented as a shortstop, that's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. He must have had a great first half. He must have had a killer first half. Jeez. All right. He's a man he's a man of the a man of faith. Whatever. This should be an easy one for you. Uh which Michigan <laughs> quarterback was known as Shoelace because he played games with his shoes untied? You know what the funny thing is, is that we've already had an answer of the same guy. Oh yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, so you already know? Denard yeah, Robinson. There you go. Shoelace. Denard Robinson. <laughs> Yeah, I guess we have. It's, just like, it's like the only time like they bring up Michigan football. It's Denard Robinson. Um, yeah, it's like 10, 10 weeks ago, we had we had the same like similar uh, answer. So that is the trivia trivia <sighs> corner. We'll round out the show with a money line sponsored by DraftKings. We started a new round uh, as Mike has won the first two rounds. He's looking for an, a third round win here. Uh, we both went one and one last week, so no big shift in, of places to start it off. So uh, we're even. Uh, our picks this week are locks and our dogs. My lock, I'm going to go. So Gonzaga in their conference tournament game, they're playing against San Francisco tonight. The line's 15 and a half. Gonzaga's good enough that I think they could crush that line and win by 21 or 22 or something like that. So I'm going to take Gonzaga 15 and a half over San Francisco. And then my dog, this is just shot in the dark. I'm going to say the Kings cover the <laughs> one and a half against the Bruins. I mean, they might lose by four goals. I don't know. I just took a shot. It's a complete, <laughs> complete shot in the dark. Don't follow that advice on that one. Take the Gonzaga lock. <laughs> you can ignore my dog if you're if you're betting with my picks. That's the, that's why they're dogs, though. Because you, you honestly know. really you really don't believe in it, but at the same time, it could happen. Uh, but obviously, like you said before, uh, in, in weeks past, this is the dead time where really we can't have a line that's like four days in yeah, advance. It's tough. It's uh, tough. So it's it's definitely difficult. But my lock is Virginia Tech, who obviously beat, uh, I believe it was, uh, who was it? Florida State? Or no, it was Miami. Yeah. Uh, a couple couple weeks ago, I had them covering uh, the spread, and they beat them outright. Okay. So Virginia Tech is in the second round of the ACC. Uh, I think the first round of the ACC starts either today. No, I think it starts tomorrow. Um, but I got them covering whatever the spread is, and no matter who they play. So I wow. think Virginia Tech right now and Joe Lenardi's first first four out is Virginia Tech's one of them. The funny thing is, first four out and then the next four out, 
three Virginia teams. You got <laughs> yeah. ECU, UVA, and Virginia Crazy. Tech. Uh, so you uh, for Virginia, Virginia is not really getting so much love in that Joe Lenardi uh, situation right. there. But my dog is the Lakers plus two tonight over the Spurs. Uh, I think De, uh, De, is it Deontay? Is it Dejounte De, De, Murray? Yeah, Murray. What's yeah, his first? Yeah, yeah. Dejounte. I never know how to. I always call him Murray. I never call him Dejounte or whatever. Uh, you know, it sounds like a kind of like a burrito or something. Sure. Um, uh, not really. Yeah. I agree yeah. with a lot of you said tonight. Can't agree with that. I don't. I've no yeah. Can't, I. 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 I honestly can't you agree can with you. Tell he's I don't hungry. Know why I can tell he thought about working out today. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, so uh, I got the Lakers plus two over the Spurs tonight. They got to get off the Schneid at some point. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see if Law they can cover that. You got to figure that's going to happen. Sure. Sure, we'll go yeah, with there that. There we go. Uh, that about does it here, people, for episode 102. Again, we encourage you to check out uh, the show on the Contender app, Contender with a K. You can also go to our YouTube channel and uh, watch the videos of the of the show. And then, of course, I mean, might as well just download and uh, uh, rate, review, all that good stuff, subscribe to the podcast, all that stuff. Uh, we appreciate it. And reach out to us on Twitter at the DC Crossover and at Cerrone16. Uh, well, people, Mike is going to work out tomorrow. So looking forward to that. Watch out, world. He's getting back on track, everybody. So I'm going to go grab one of those DeJounte burritos. <laughs> yeah, go grab a DeJounte burrito. <laughs> we'll see you next week. This has been another episode of the DC Crossover. John Z, take us out, John Z. Hold on, hold on. Uh, I, I wasn't ready, but then, now I'm thinking of this. Oh, come on, man. Okay, here we go. I'm excited for this. All right, John Z, one more time. Hurting stars. Go follow John Z Sports, everybody. We'll see you next week. Oh, man, I want to hear his voice. <laughs> <laughs>